Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a great guest for you today. Jessica Harrington received her master's in public health at Westchester University. She is the owner of Journey to Yourself. She's a speaker and a stress management health educator. Through her career and education, she realized that we all have a common issue. Everyone at some point or another struggles with handling stress. Through her own life journey, Jessica created Journey to Yourself. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I love the fact that the universe brought you and I together because I haven't yet had a stress expert on the show And I know there was a reason why it was delayed coming to me because you are the woman. Divorce can just be a really stressful time. And a lot of the people that listen to this podcast aren't even divorced. They just love the content on here. So it kind of is going to be a catch-all for those going through stressful times. Life in general can be stressful. So today, we really just want to help our listeners stress less. And really talk about igniting the journey to yourself, dropping in a bunch of helpful hints and strategies to navigate things like overwhelm and beyond. So first, I would love, love, love to have you just share more about your own story, why you're so passionate about doing the work that you do. Why this? Why now? Yeah, of course. So my supernatural story is that I started my career in the drug and alcohol field. So I grew up in poverty and a drug and alcohol household and everything in between. So my initial thought was, I'm going to be a drug and alcohol counselor. So I went to school, started at a rehab, was working with men, reduced their sentence from jail and just coming into the rehab and loved it. Never, ever a boring day. Did that for many years. And then eventually wanted to be on the prevention side of things. So went back to school, got my master's in public health. And that's where I really learned a lot about the different ways to educate others, which obviously was the purpose of getting the degree, right? But, you know, it was in the sense of also learning that entrepreneurship was an option and that you could start your own business and programs and all that kind of fun stuff. So that's what I wanted to do. But what I really learned about myself was that even at 25, you can get diagnosed with burnout and get really sick. And so that's what happened to me is that through going to school, working part-time, working full-time, volunteer on the weekends, and then saying, let me learn how to even grow a business, have a relationship, have the way picket friends, et cetera, et cetera. And then go, wait, why am I so tired? Why do I have inflammation? Why can't I walk? Why can't I? All the things. And my, again, super nutshell story would be, I got to find, everything was fine, but I got in a really bad car accident. And that was my wake up moment going, okay, let me see what I'm doing, quote unquote, wrong here. And so that's a lot of where my passion comes from is that as women, we just take and take and take. We collapse and we still try to keep pushing through. Yes. <laughs> you know? And so my job for what I do is be the strong woman, be the badass. I'm all about it. But how are you taking care of yourself? And so my biggest thing is, 
you set the standards for how others show up for you. So like you mentioned, you know, your podcast may focus on women that have gone through a divorce, but not everybody has. And so just learning that transition is on you and what you can control through it. Mm, that's so huge. Thank you for sharing all that backstory. It's really, really important, I think. And I, I love how you said like just being diagnosed with burnout because we just try to go, wow, I just, I guess I just don't have it in me. I guess I'm just not motivated enough. I guess like we try to blame it on so many, we try to rationalize and find reason why we are overdoing it. And instead of going, hold on, I'm just overdoing it. I'm overdoing everything. And I remember one of the biggest things going through my divorce was I was trying to overdo everything because I wanted to distract myself from the pain. So it was like, hey, how can I overwork? Hey, how can I overeat? Hey, how can I over socialize? Hey, how can I over even overwork out there? It's such a thing, folks. It's such a thing. How can I over commit over nap, over sleep, over shop? How can I overdo everything in my life so that I don't have to focus on what's really going on inside? Avoidance. We do it. You know, I was just speaking mm-hmm. to someone earlier, and I think they hit it on the head too, is that we even help others so we avoid ourselves, right? I will bake the cake. I will pick everybody up from childcare. I will do it. I'll do it. I'll stop working on what I'm doing to go help you. And that's still a way of avoidance. Even though we try to put a little pink bell on it going, well, I'm being helpful. You are not being helpful by not taking care of yourself. And that's really hard for us to understand that I am me not taking care of myself and putting others first is not being helpful to others. Yeah. Right. I put it in this picture. Say you call me and you're like, Jess, I just need to go grab a cup of coffee. I can't be in my house anymore, et cetera, et cetera. If I'm in my head, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, if I'm on the bathroom floor and you call me, I'm going to push myself going, okay, well, I have to show up for her and not deal with what's going on. So then we go get coffee. Am I actually listening to everything that you're saying? Am I actually giving healthy responses and reactions? Probably not. Most likely not. Mm. So we're trying to be beneficial to that other person. But if I'm not healthy, I'm not able to be there for that other person either. That's so, so important. It's like, what version of me are you getting? What version of me are you getting? And if we're not feeling fully aligned, fully alive of our own selves, filling our own cup up first, putting our own oxygen mask on first, whatever cute way you want to package it, you're not going to get the version of me that I'm most proud of, that I'm most complete with. And that's so important. And then we wake up one day and we feel like it just happened, right? Where all of a sudden we don't feel like ourselves anymore. Yeah. And I think the other thing that happens too, that it's that that guilt. So after you and I hang out, we then I, I go, oh, I wasn't there first. So I start beating myself up even more to prove to myself that, oh, I'm so worthless. Oh, that's me being right again. I'm worthless. I'm not a good friend. And it's exactly what you said. No matter how you paint the picture, put your mask on first, whatever the case may be, you still have to take care of yourself first. There's so many benefits. And like you said, there just comes a day where you wake up going, who the hell am I? How did I get here? I'm not this person. 
And you start, that's when you start to go, I have accomplished all these things. I'm not this person. But then we go, well, I'm just weak now. I'm not smart enough now. That was just lucky. Oh, I got there because so-and-so helped me. And so then you start to like devaluate all your accomplishments. Wow, wow, wow. My head is like exploding with the wow, drop the mic moment because it really is. And then we just think it wasn't like a oopsie daisy moment of, oh, that just happened. I don't know. I can't take credit for that. And so many of us do that. We do that to ourselves. So I know this is going to seem like a really odd question. And even our listeners might be like, come on, Heidi, but let's actually go back to understand stress. What is it? Where does it come from? How does it come on? Like, let's go to go back to basics for everybody. And that's exactly what I do because it's, I feel, especially with social media, there's so many buzzwords. And so stress, mindfulness, right? These are all these words that we're just throwing out. And so I, that's the exact question I ask. So if you don't mind, if I do what I do in my workshops with you, do you mind? Let's so, do it. Let's do it. So, all right. So Heidi, you're in my workshop for having the best time ever. And I'm speaking. I've just told you my chronic mono car accident burnout story. And now I tell you, okay, I want you to help me define the word stress. Most of us have kids. Most of us have kids, maybe around 10, 11, 12 year olds at preteen. They come home tonight and they say, I have a project due tomorrow, right? Oh, mm-hmm. All right, everyone's like, Ugh, right? We have that <laughs> feeling. They have to define the word stress. So I want you to think about it. If you had to tell a 10 year old, 11 year old, or a 12 year old how to define the word stress, what would you say? Mm, this is so good. I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to my mind. It's when it feels like my brain and body have so much going on. Actually, my first thing I was going to say is when my brain feels like it has so much going on, it doesn't know what to do first. And it makes my body feel like it's just exhausted. Exhausted. Exhausted, right? And for the listeners that me were going, oh, well, it means control. I mean, overwhelmed. It's when I get my stomach starts to hurt. It's when all these different responses, it's anxiety, it's depression, right? And they, I do that part because the way you experience stress, the way I experience stress, guess what? They're different. Mm. You grew up differently than me. You have a different mind than me. There's nothing wrong with that. But I bring that piece up one, because when we get into habits and healthy stuff and all that kind of fun stuff, I say all this because what works for you is not going to work for me. Mm. What works for you and your, your husband, your partner, your significant other is not going to work for your best friend because we all react differently in different situations. So that's my first piece. So the true definition of stress is a reaction to change. Mm. I want us to think about this reaction and change, meaning that every day you're going to have stress. You're going to have stress on average. We react to stress 50 times a day. Wow. 50 times a day, you have that racing brain. 50 times a day that when I talked about the project due tomorrow, your stomach flips. 50 times a day, your teeth crying. And so that goes to my next piece is that we react three different ways. Your first response is your body. Headaches, migraines, psoriasis. Mm. My favorite one. Tell me if you get this, Heidi. Eye twitching. Do you get the eye twitching? Oh my gosh. Yes. I always think I'm dehydrated, but I know better than that now. And listen, dehydration does, you know, give a little eye twitch, but we all know when there's a difference. We know, yes, we know, we know, we know. 
And then there's the emotional, right? So that's what you're talking about earlier, that overwhelmed feeling, that anger, frustration, irritable, all those things. And the last one is your behavior. The Mm. Amazon shopping, the eating, the cursing, the yelling, the stomping. Those are all the things. So I point all these out and I acknowledge all these and I create awareness around all these because that's what we need to do. We need to start creating awareness around what is causing us stress and how we're reacting. Mm. Right? Yeah. Because I've had clients do this. If your significant other said something to you and then your best friend said the same exact thing to you, maybe it's a joke about the dress you're wearing. We'll make it simple. Heidi, oh my God, Red, that's the dress you chose. Your best friend says that, you laugh it off. Your husband says it. So you don't like the red dress? You don't like the red dress? What, what, what am I fat in it? You don't like my arms in it? You don't like my arms in it. That's what it is. I know it's the arms. You have different reactions. Yeah. Different, right? And so it's coming to terms and learning the different ways I react, when and how. Mm. Really, really, really solid stuff here. The reaction part is huge. And understanding the self. I think so much of this is, and so much of what I work with my clients as well is self-awareness. Because a lot of times we think we're self-aware. I see what's going on in my life. Yep, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that. And we look around and we go, got it, check mark. But when we really, really stop, slow down and start to be with ourselves, there's a difference between just observing yourself and actually observing what's happening within yourself. When we start doing that part of things, that's when I think we can hone in on the reaction part that you're talking about is, oh, now I'm aware of how I'm reacting in these situations. When I started dating after divorce, I started finally for the first time in my life noticing how I was being with other people in other situations. I started noticing how I was reacting versus responding to certain situations and going, whoa, this is where I get have the opportunity to adjust my beingness. There were a lot of opportunities for me to make adjustments. And that's what it is. It's adjustments. We're learning. You're at a different stage, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we go, this is how I've always done it, which is great. That's fine. But where has that gotten you so far? Mm-hmm. And what are your reactions from always doing it this one way? All right. What have you noticed the difference? Is there a difference between how children respond to stress versus adults? Yeah. So I don't work a lot with children, so I don't want to speak too much in this. Okay. Now I have a couple of younger clients that are in the college stage, okay. um, and the high school stage. So, and then I have one that's a little bit younger. So I don't want to, I don't want to speak on that expert on that side, but yeah. I will say there isn't much of a difference. And the people that I have currently worked with, there's not much of a difference. And I say that because a lot of it stems from that self-love, self-care piece. And the way that we talk to ourselves is there's no other word for it besides disgusting. Ooh, yeah. I call that bullying yourself. Bull, the bully brain or the bestie brain? We have yes. both options. Right? <laughs> like, are you going to bully yourself today or are you going to bestie yourself today? Because it will change things for you. It will change things for you. So I have a question for you, if you're willing to share, what does stress feel like in your body? How do you know when it's coming on for you? So it's definitely my stomach. I know Mm -hmm. I definitely feel a lot in my stomach. I get a lot of my, my cheeks. So there's like that overwhelming feeling. I definitely feel it in my cheeks when I feel 
I am trying to rethink of a situation instead of just reacting. I want to say something. I want to just be like, well, no, you're wrong. You know, maybe with my fiance, but I feel it in my cheeks and I'm going, okay, let me process this. I feel it in my face. What is it that I'm, what part of this is making me frustrated? Mm. Right. And a lot of times it's maybe he's calling me out on something saying you're, I feel you're becoming a defensive about this when this wasn't the conversation. And, or that's not the words I said, because a lot of times it's not what we heard, it's what they said, right? And so I have to take that step back going, okay, what did I hear? And I have to clarify that because that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. The what did I hear part? Because what, what, what they said isn't always what your bestie or your bully says. (laughs) Like it just changes things in your mind and drops in a new message. Yes. So many times. Yeah. This, the body piece is so, it's so important because I really believe that the body holds the truth and, and the sensations from our bodies are data. They're information. The sensations are information, but what our brains do is try to make meaning out of it. And that's when we sometimes get ourselves into trouble. Right? So I think like when we notice like you said earlier, like what's actually going on in my body? How do I know that it's coming up? When we notice that it's coming on, if we can pause and instead make meaning out of it, just use it as information to know that we need to kind of reconfigure ourselves, give self-love or self-attention. And I I, I want to dig into that with you too. But like when we have that heightened awareness of that stress, what are some of the first things that we should do when those body sensations and information start creeping in and we know this is happening? Yeah. So I try to point out a couple of things. So I feel like the communication one is the biggest one. So I'll highlight on this one. So the first thing when I talk about communication is I tell people to avoid the words always and never. You never listen. You're always too busy for me. You never want to do anything with me. You're always doing something else. You never want to bring home the groceries. You always want to do your things and not do things with me, right? There's always more. And so the way I try to picture this is, again, Heidi, don't mind if I pick on you. Please. (laughs) Heidi, you come home from work. I'm doing the dishes. And you say, Jess, how was your day? And I go, Heidi, you never listen to me. You're always too busy doing other things. You never help around the house. You're always too busy playing golf. You always want to go watch football. You never want to be supportive to me. Mm. You're going to become what? Super guarded and defensive. Defensive. Yeah. And guarded. Now it's like, all the cement just went up. The bricks just went up. Everything just went up. And now we're doing the whole bringing things up from the past. I call this the win part, right? But six months ago, when you wore that at Christmas Eve, or six months ago, when your mother-in-law said that, and remember four months ago, when this happened, we start to pull stuff up from the past because Mm. I'm going to let them know. Mm. So you have to ask yourself, are you in it to win or resolve? Ooh, and this is hard because we want to win. We want to win the battle, right? We want to let them know, but where does that get you? Right. I I saw a quote that's, uh, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? And it kind of reminds me of that concept of like, do I want to be right in this? Or do I want to feel, feel like I'm myself maybe and and I don't even know that that's the right quote for me personally. I think it's like, do you want to be 
seen or do you want to, you know, I don't know what the right phrase is, but it's not always that, but it kind of reminds me of that. Do you want to win or resolve? And I think for me, it's mostly always resolve, always resolve. I also think that that communication piece that you mentioned, always and never, needs to be discovered within yourself. So not just when you're with other people, but if you're flying solo for a while and you're isolating through divorce, which a lot of people do, which I don't recommend, but you do sometimes, make sure you're not saying those things to yourself, always or never, always or never, comparing yourself to the ex or things like that. It was always like this. It was, I never had blah, blah, blah. It's like, wow, that's going to be really powerful communication in your own beautiful brain that might be holding you back from moving forward. I love that you brought that up. I bring up the importance of always and never too, because the chances that something is always and never are unlikely, right? I tell people your birth control isn't always effective, right? It's just, it's not a thing. Now, does it feel consistent? Does it feel a lot? Does it feel heavy? For sure. Especially when we're hungry, we're tired, we're stressed, we're annoyed. We don't feel seen. We don't feel respected. We don't feel loved. But that kind of goes to your point is that it has to start from within. But I bring up the the relationship because it's a lot of times, and I think you mentioned at the beginning, we look for those external factors. We yes. the blaming. So if you start with something, maybe if you start with your relationship with somebody else, if you start with your daughter, if you start with your husband, start with your cousin, your best friend, you'll eventually start to do it to yourself. Mm. Yeah, you know? that's beautiful. It's kind of like pra- got to practice. You got to practice. Yes. And I yeah. Have to do it. Yeah. We have to check ourselves on a regular yes. basis. It's like, I got to check in with myself and make sure I'm using all the tools that I to practice what you preach. Um, yes. What are some of the unhealthy, unsuccessful coping strategies that you've seen or been told about or experienced? Yeah, of course. So maybe I'll just hit on some things in the sense of like what people view. So a lot of people view meditation as sitting in a corner somewhere in the dark by yourself with your thoughts and feelings. And that's not what it is. It's very much just like you talked about earlier, taking that pause and it's just taking that breath and feeling where it's at in your body. So for instance, like I mentioned, I can feel frustration in my cheeks. So when I feel that I have to take that belly breath. So maybe it's just that quick couple of breaths then But in the morning, maybe it's just sitting quietly because if I always have the audible going on, the podcast going on, the TV going on, me talking to somebody and then the kids come home and talk and then the parents, it's just, where's my break? Where's my mental break? So think of it as a mental break and that might help too, but also just starting with, I'm just going to take two seconds to take a breath and then maybe tomorrow it's five breaths and then maybe tomorrow is a minute and then, right? We start to grow on it and we really learn from it. I think another thing that gets a lot of, um, I guess, hate, same thing with meditation, is affirmations. And I think some people think they're either weird, they're woo-woo, or they don't work. And I think where the, the problem comes with affirmations is we tend to want to be something that we're not today. So today, I'm not a... I'm not making bringing in a million dollars, right? Today. Yeah. So if I, every morning, was like, you're a million-dollar business owner what you're not. And I'm not close to believing that. So I'm in the process of becoming a six-figure business owner and that feels good to me. So meeting yourself where you're at is the biggest thing. I think the other thing that comes a lot is some people feel that binge watching is negative. And I don't agree with that in the sense of 
if this weekend was really draining and it took a lot out of me, whether it was physically, mentally, because we socialized a lot, because we had a really big fight. And yes, we've talked about it, but I'm having that downfall and just coming off that roller coaster. That's allowed. You're allowed to binge watch. You're allowed to have those moments. You can eat the tub of ice cream. You can watch a full season or two. The check-in is when it becomes a few days. The check-in is when it's a week. That's when the check-in is. And I'll leave this last part with understanding stress and burnout as a whole. Burnout becomes that continuous stress. And so the biggest piece that I try to bring to people is that just as if you're on a roller coaster, you go to a music park, you go on a roller coaster and you do the flips and turns and you get off that roller coaster and your stomach's like, oh my God, that was crazy. And you get right back in line. And remember, there's no line. So you just get right to the next one and you get off that roller coaster and get into right to the next one. There's no line. You have the fast pass. You're not processing that downfall of the roller coaster. And it doesn't have to be a bad or a good thing. It's just letting your body readjust and be grounded where you're at. Ooh, that's so good because so often we talk about the riding the emotional roller coaster in my groups. And it's like, when are you going to make the conscious decision to get off the ride for a minute, take a break, sit on the bench before you get in line again? Because we're all going to get in line again, regardless of if you're divorced or not. We're all going to get in line again, not even knowing it and ride that ride again. And sometimes it's going to feel like a tricky little fun thing. And and a lot of times it's just going to feel like a pitfall, but we need time to process it. So I love how you explained that. And meeting yourself where you're at is so pivotal because we try to rush healing and we just can't. There is no fast track. There is no fast pass when it comes to this stuff because we're all at a different pace. And so it's so important, especially as a trauma-informed coach, that you know that people pace themselves through healing. You're as a coach, like we're not setting the pace, like, okay, in the next seven days, you need to do this. It's like we have to learn how our own system works. That's why I love that you have people define what stress means to them. You have people figure out like what this feels like in their own body. It's so self-permissioned. There's so much self-sovereignty in the healing process. So I love that. And I really believe that so much of meeting yourself where you're at comes with intention. And I love how you said that Netflixing on the couch is not a bad thing. Rest is not a bad thing, right? Like rest is great for us. So if we know ourselves well enough and we take our time to know that version of ourselves and our internal needs and our internal GPS says today is a rest day. Today is all day Netflixing. Today is... It may be super sunny out. I used to live in California. And so every day was like a super sunny day. And the joke was like, we can't wait for it to rain because that's when you're going to actually slow down and stay in your house for once and not go try to climb a mountain or go surfing or go rollerblading or do all the things or meet by the pool. Like, Like, you just need to slow down once in a while. So I think intention is everything. What's my intention behind the Netflix all day. And if it is genuine intention of rest, by all means, like, let's take a break. Let's take a pause. I really, I love that you said that. I guess I'll put it this way. Why doesn't it work when someone else says, don't stress about it? Like, have you ever had the friend that just goes, you don't need a stress coach. Don't stress about it. Just don't stress about it. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about you, but that never works for me. Like it's easy for you to say type of a thing. Like what? 
why doesn't this work? And what actually worked? Uh, no, I love that. I think, you know, we get this a lot, especially in relationships, like, well, just relax. Like, just don't let it bother you. Right. And if it was that push button, then I would have pushed it. I would yes. Like, I don't, I don't want the racing brain. I don't want the racing heart. I don't want the sweats. Like, I don't want to crave ice cream six times a day. No, I don't. I prefer it actually not to be like that. So if it was that quick of a push button, I would have freaking pushed it. Yeah. <laughs> so in the sense of finding the healthy ones. So I mentioned the communication for sure. I mentioned meeting yourself where you're at. I think all the ones that were, I kind of was trying to debunk as well is just trying it. Mm. Just try. Because this is the thing. My thing with it too is if it doesn't work, tell me, prove me wrong. Tell me that you know, the meditation doesn't work. Tell me journaling doesn't work. Tell me going for a walk doesn't work. Tell me, you know, reading the first page of one page of book of the book a night doesn't work, but you got to tell me why, Mm. right? You got to tell me why that doesn't work because it's fine. If it doesn't work for you, I'm not disagreeing, but going back to that attention and meeting yourself where you're at, you need to know why it doesn't work because there's a couple of things that happen here. It might not work for that situation. Or it's not working because of fear. It's not working because of control. It's not working because you simply just don't like reading. And all of these answers are perfectly fine. But it goes back to kind of what you were saying in the beginning in the sense, I need to know I have to have that awareness. And my biggest thing is when I start to make time for me, when I start to learn about me, I then know my needs and wants, which then goes, I know how to communicate my needs and wants, which then goes, I know how to set boundaries to what I need and want. I then know how to create that self-love that I need and want. I know it starts that way, but it, you can't start at the finish line. You got to start at the front. I love what you just said because it, it's one of my favorite things to teach folks. And that is is how to be curious. Again, it sounds like such a simple thing, but people have a really hard time being curious. And when you pair curiosity with willingness, ooh, we have a magical, magical dose of opportunity here. So when we get curious around ourselves and new things, okay, I never liked reading as a kid. This is a perfect example that you used, and I'll use myself in this scenario. I never used to love reading because reading felt boring. My teachers made me read out loud. I know all of this in hindsight now. I was slow, so I didn't like reading slowly out loud. It made me feel like I was behind and other people were better. Read all these stories, all these limiting beliefs. Well, now it's decades later. And my mom and my sisters, they're all in book clubs. They're loving their book clubs. And I'm like, man, I wish I was a reader, but I'm not a reader. And I I bought into that story for a long time. Well, then come full circle this year, I decided to do a challenge where I was going to read one fiction book a month, which Jessica, like I am like read one book a year. And it's like, I'm only going to read self-development books like once a month. That's easy for me, but fiction books, come on. Are you kidding me? That's going to take me a whole year. And it used to. And now it's like once a month. I look forward to that. I create intention around that. But it's really a putting curiosity and willingness together to go, I'm going to give this a try, even though I used to feel really traumatized by it. And that's why I never tried it again in adulthood. I think to your point, you know, even something so quote unquote as simple as reading a book, it's, and you're saying, I'm not a reader. And my first question is, well, who told you that? Right? Yeah. You know, a lot of the the self talk that I talk about too is going through those things, right? So naming those 
transitions in your life and so oh you're ugly you're you're fat you're worthless you're dumb and i have you list out who told you that and then i go to the other side of you're beautiful you're smart you're courageous you're energetic you bring light to me you you support me you make me feel whole and then i say who told you that and what tends to happen is a negative talk is a lot from you and the positive talk is a lot from your support wow that's powerful when it's your own voice telling you all those limiting beliefs and not truths, just things that we've decided to hold on to and not let go. It's yeah. Really, really, really powerful. I think that you may have already answered this a few minutes ago, but I'd like to know more because you have a whole program around the journey to yourself. And I'm obsessed with the name of it. I think that joy is an acronym for just own you or, you know, the journey of you. So when I read that on your website, I was like, ah, this is one of my people. This is one of my people. So what does the journey to yourself mean? How did you come up with that? And like, what does that process mean for folks? I think for me, when growing up in my addiction household and mental health and poverty, I think for me, when I first set off my mission to be in the drug and alcohol field, I wanted to know why not me. And when I mean why not me, I wanted to know why I didn't fall into addiction, why I didn't fall into sexuality, why I didn't fall into these categories that technically, statistically, I should have, right? Yeah. And so I wanted to know that why. And so what I realized was the different support that I was provided by my neighborhood, ad- adults in my neighborhood and the friends in my neighborhood and you know, teachers that sought me out and the resources that they provided for me. And what I realized was that that technically was on me to take their advice. That was technically on me to trust them. That was technically on me to learn from them and to take those different paths and to kind of take those beliefs that I could be something that I, I would succeed if I kept going, that I'm not what I... I'm stemmed out to be, I'm different, right? And so mm-hmm. having those conversations. And so when it comes to journey to yourself, that's kind of where it comes from in the sense, it's me holding myself back. If I want to be this greater person, if I want to be at my higher self, if I want to be stressed less, if I want to be happier, if I want my business to succeed this way, it's on me. But for me to get there, I have to learn about myself. So it's just a journey on learning about yourself. And I think it's the coolest thing because Every day you get to learn something new about yourself. How badass is that? Well, when you start the process, I know for me, that process didn't start till, gosh, 2018, 2018. And once I realized that I was in the process of uncovering and discovering more about myself every day, then it became just some a desire. It became a desire. Just like, oh my gosh, if, if I could figure all this stuff out in just one year of going through an organized program, because that's what I did, went through an organized program. And then you're equipped with information and tools and how you see things. And then you look everywhere and you're, you're, you become a student of life is what I realized. And now being a student of life, I'm on a continuous journey of self. And I was on a journey to self. And now it's like a, just a journey of self. And it is so stinking cool when you can link arms with someone like you who has the understanding, has the experience, has the toolbox of things because we we think we're so cute as humans. We think 
that we already know it. We already got it. Boom, boom, boom. Like, what else is there to learn about stress? What else is there? Like, I can figure it out. I can Google that shit. You know what I mean? But the reality is, is like, when you learn how to actually work with somebody who gets you and learns how to go at your pace and has that inviting self-sovereignty and learns how to hold you, have you hold yourself accountable to integrate that information and tools into your body, into your life holistically, it is a massive game changer. I like to tell my clients, like, my job, like what I do is I want to coach you so you can become a coach for life. Like, I want to coach you to be your own coach for life. And I don't want you to be my client forever. I want to love you forever and just like make sure that you know you are loved forever. But I want you to give everything to yourself for life. And to me, that is a huge success. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Okay. So a few more things. What are some tips you can give? And maybe they're just reiterating some of the things you already said, but what are some of the things you can give to begin or continue the journey to yourself? If you haven't ever really tapped in, where can people start? Yeah, of course. So I always start with drink the coffee while it's hot. So meaning make time for yourself in the morning in the sense of it's one to two minutes. The coffee doesn't take hot long. Just drink it while it's hot. No cell phone, no social media, no TV, no podcast. Just sit there with your cup of coffee. You get the aroma of the coffee. You get this, you know, you get to hold the warm cup. Go pull, pull out your cutest mug you got. We all got them. I don't know if you have as many as I do. Well, yeah, different story. <laughs> different story. But, you know, and so bring that out. It's one to two minutes. That's it. Just be with yourself. Start there. You know, I was talking to somebody this morning about oh, our morning routines and they grow. But I didn't start with an hour morning routine because that is beyond overwhelming. Yeah. Started with a cup of coffee. That is so stinking genius. That is so stinking genius. I love that. I haven't heard that one before. And I always ask, and I think this is the one thing our listeners can start doing today to create their comeback. And I think it is give yourself that one, two minutes, drink the coffee while it's hot. Just start doing that because I can almost guarantee that 90% of the people listening aren't doing that. It's like you said, everything else first and not just the one to two gosh darn minutes. Like, Let's start there with self. So thank you for that. So Jessica, how can our listeners, we're going to put a lot in the show notes, but how can our listeners get more of you in your life? What do you have going on? Yeah, of course. So um, we talked a lot about my coaching program. So I do my one-on-one client work. I meet with you weekly or bi-weekly. We go over a lot of everything we just talked about here. If you're interested in any of the other events I provide or just interested in the coaching in general, you go to my website at journeytoyourself.net. There is a .com. Don't do it. It's .net, .net, journeytoyourself.net. And everything's on there. It breaks down on my coaching program. It has my direct email. It has my podcast, Stress Less With Me, Jess. All the different ways, every social media platform I'm on, it's all on the website. I love it so much. .net, you guys. Get more Jessica in your life for sure. And then I have two quick closing questions if you're game. Let's do it. I'm game. All right. First one is, what is one thing that you love about you? Oh, I think I love that I'm learning how to be more patient with myself. And I love 
that I have energy, which is good and bad some days, but (laughs) (laughs) I think that's where we're spirit animals right there. Um, And then the last one is what does joy feel like in your body? Oh, I think it kind of goes back to the same place as I mentioned earlier. You know, when I get stressed, I feel a lot of the red and blood in, in my cheeks and I feel it in my stomach, but I feel when I'm joy, I think of calm. And so I feel that kind of just deplete and just feel kind of whole. And I think the biggest word that comes to my brain is safe. Mm, I feel that when you say it, that's really, really good. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for this conversation today. I appreciate you and your experience and your and your energy, all of it. Appreciate you so much. And to all of you out there, a kind reminder as we close, remember you are safe, you are loved, you are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with Your Divorce Planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.